This is the Gambling Gauchos. Hey, if we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we just say, what's next? That's all we do. Somebody turn on some damn music. You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need, money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The Money Line Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Headboard. Got a new headboard today. In the homeland. Comment section's already hot today. We're live in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. You can gear up for baseball season at Cardinals. You can either gear up in person in Lubbock, Texas or Plano, Texas. Or, or Kyle, online at mycardinalsports.com. So many great options at Cardinals. Uh, Little League Baseball starting. We need to double check to see if we are, in fact, sponsoring another Little League team. I was approached by a coworker. And they said, "Hey, the Gauchos uh, sponsored a little league team last year. Do y'all want to sponsor our balls?" I said, "What?" He said, "Our baseballs. We've have sponsor opportunities uh, for the ball bucket." And I said, "You know, I got to check with my nephew. Uh, the the White Sox this year might need a sponsor." So. I don't know if Kyle and the AL Central hate will be able to abide by that, but we'll see. Uh, but if your son or daughter is playing Little League sports, you can gear up for them too at Cardinals, Cardinals Sports Center. Live and in person in Lubbock, Texas, or online, mycardinalsports.com. Kyle, how are you? Good. We're not sponsoring the White Sox, though. So. Yeah, I was wondering if your twins say, I thought you were a Rangers fan now. I am. Yeah, I could do Tigers out of the AL Central because of Jace Young. Yeah. I actually, we can do the White Sox. I only have one request. If we sponsor something, whether it's jersey, ball bucket, something else, I want a version of it with our logo on it. Okay. Yeah, we need to do that. We we should have done that last year with the Dodgers. The Dyers. That would have been cool. We can certainly do that this year. We'll also, uh, we might drop some merch some. Sometime. Getting to know the Gauchos, I actually have a signed, man, I hope I still have this somewhere. Maybe I don't have it anymore. I have a signed 1988 Dodgers World Series baseball. Oh, that's awesome. 
there's a little bit of a backstory how I got it. My yeah. uh, grandma, a little bit of like an antique collector. Mm-hmm. And so she just had this baseball. So like, she didn't know what it was. And my mom and I, when we got our hands on it, were able to make out enough of the signatures, like start Googling some names. I was like, this is a 1988 Dodgers. So anyway, I don't think my grandma would have just handed it over to us had she known. But anyway. Did you ever check the price on that? We might have. This was a long, I was like a kid. And that's why I'm struggling to think of where that would even be if I still have it. I've moved a lot since then. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Is that, uh, what did you make out, Kirk Gibson? I think that was one of the ones that you could make out. Fernando um, Valenzuela? Yeah. Hideo Nomo? Those might have been later. Yeah, Nomo was later. I tried to mimic his um, his wind-up. Yeah. Is he the guy that turned could, around? So cringy. Like, yeah. it, you know, it feels like everybody's, like, staring at you type thing. Yeah. I was like, like you know, it's just so unique. For those who don't know, it's just, like, a super slow wind-up. Like, his sidestep, and he just, like, stops completely with his yeah. hands over his head. And anyway, I was like, oh, that'd be cool to like imitate Hideo Nomo. Uh, I tried to throw submarine. I loved imitating ball players. I used to do the Ichiro. You might not know this, but Ichiro stick his bat out. Yeah. You know, sorry, I'm trying to yeah, like, and, uh, aim where he's going to hit. Pull up his shirt sleeve. Yeah, he'd pull up his shirt sleeve while he's kind of like pointing the bat. He had the bat straight up. I used to do it. I used to do the bat straight out at the pitcher and pull my sleeve up. Like Ichiro. And my mom was like, it looks like you're trying to call your shot like Babe Ruth, so you got to quit doing that. I was like, okay, I'll point the bat up. But I was mostly like a pointing it straight at the pitcher. I, was, I wasn't trying to call my shot or anything. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to catch up some, on some comments. The comment section's hot tonight. Uh, love Let's the go. shirt. Kyle looks like such a city boy. I think that's a compliment, right? Uh, Rob with a great shirt. Also, Kyle needs a mustache. Kyle, you are a you, you have a good face for a mustache. I've had a mustache before. Yeah, you've had one recently. I think the people want it back. Uh, yeah. Nobody likes Ventura. Somebody says Ace Ventura. No, I believe he means Robin Ventura. Uh, Delta Mike is a an autograph collector. He has a 1964 Yankee team ball with Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle, and other greats like Yogi Berra, DiMaggio, and Ted Williams. That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, Notorious has a baseball collection from 72 with every American League team uh, signed ball. That's awesome. Hey, if someone wanted to stream this episode on Twitch and comment live and everything, how would they do that, Rob? Well, they'd have to join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash gauchos, And then we will tell you when we're going live on Twitch. And you get to be in the, nope. the best... Uh, Texas Tech fan Discord of all time. Darren O'Day with the goat wind up to me, says Big Hen. I liked the uh, young, young Kim submarine. Yeah. He had like the most uh, exaggerated submarine I think I've ever seen. Liked that. Uh, Big Hen says you can join the Discord and have Kyle destroy you in an argument. 
<laughs> Y'all were going off today. Let's get into that. Uh, we can tell the people what we were talking about. There was some, or has been, conference realignment news in the last week. Um, some sinking ship stuff, in my opinion, from the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 writers. Um, they're now claiming that uh, the ACC is reaching out to the, the Pac-12, and that is a non-starter because the ACC is not going to open up their grant of rights and have Clemson and Miami and NC State and Virginia Tech all shop to be somewhere else. They're just not going to do it. And ESPN's not going to allow it because they don't want to pay Clemson $50 million in TV revenue when they can pay him 36 It's just a non-starter. Has anybody credible brought up the ACC thing, or is that like MH Fair? Uh, mostly him, but everyone just rides with it. So I just wanted to let the people know that that was not a legitimate thing. This is like the third or fourth time the Pac-12 has been like, well, what if we yeah. merge with the ACC or have an alliance? With it? It's like, no, guys, y'all have been down this road before, and it obviously right. leads to nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. It's a it's a crazy form of denial to like go back to that well for a third or fourth time. Because like okay, when this first happened, I could kind of maybe see it. Like okay, yeah, both coasts inventory all day. It's like clearly the answer was no, and then they like went back to it, and I guess they're maybe circling back again. I don't know, but Kyle, do you know who Jim Abbott is? Yeah. One-armed Del- pitcher. Delta Mike says he always got in trouble for trying to imitate Jim Abbott. That's what I was laughing at. <laughs> I guess he pitched with his glove uh, in his armpit or something. Did you see the pitch, the ambidextrous pitcher? Did I bring that up on the last pod? I think you put that in a group text, but I didn't. I didn't watch it. He throws ninety-seven with one arm and ninety-two with the other. Goes back and forth. That is incredible. So does he do it for like certain pitches or just based on wherever the batter? Based on the batter. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I think you have to stay one arm when you start on at bat or something. Maybe not. Hmm. I guess you That's an interesting wrinkle to, to switch hitting. Can a switch hitter change boxes mid at bat? I don't know if you can mid at bat. There was one time a batter went up there with, you know, the intention to bat left-handed, and the pitcher switched his gloves, so he switched before the first pitch. And there was kind of a stalemate where both of them were just switching back and forth. Yeah. But I don't know how that ends. You can't switch mid at bat, they say. The chat. The chat knows wasn't, all. Wasn't the first switch hitter, like, basically joking around? Probably. I think I saw, like, an ESPN short on that one time. I could be way off here. Maybe I'm, but I think some guy for the Orioles in like the seventies, they were winning by like 12. What? Like a bet. Yeah. They they were winning by like 12 runs late in the game. And so he was like, Hey, skip, I want to like try to bat left-handed. He was like, okay. And he like got a hit. And then I think he realized like I can hit from both. Like if I practice at this, I can hit from both sides. And then it became more of a, not trend because it's been here ever since. But uh, I think they, like, kind of stumbled upon the first switch hitter. Like, it wasn't a designed thing. Interesting. Or maybe that's completely wrong and I don't remember anything. 
Uh, this question, when y'all were run ruling teams, did y'all's coach ever give you the green light for everyone to switch hit? I was never on a team <laughs> that was run ruling anybody. <laughs> yeah, I I think I gave up baseball at an early enough age before anybody was switch hitting. Like, I didn't really, I don't think I played into high school. I retired yeah. after fourth grade. Yeah. I played one year of kid pitch, and this redheaded kid pitched with his eyes closed, and it terrified me. <laughs> he would just close his eyes and throw the ball as hard as he could. Yeah. Anyways, back to conference realignment. Uh, I know you have a th- lot of thoughts on it. Um, I am so tired of it that I just get so frustrated. Like today on the, the Rob Bro Show, KKM 11 to 1. Oh, that's the Raider Lane. One to two. I'm on two shows. No big deal. Um, and this guy was like, out of nowhere, was like, oh, if, if anybody wants to have more money, why would you not go to the SEC? Because they have more money and that it makes you better. It's like, how long? How many, how many times do we have to have this conversation that TV money does not make you better and you can just have a rich athletic department without TV money because of boosters and other avenues. And if money made you better, Texas would have won a Big 12 championship in the last decade because they have the richest athletic department in the world. Not just in college athletics, just like period. They have the richest athletics department of anyone. Yeah. So, I mean, I would love for Texas Tech to get more money, but you're 4-0 and in your last four against SEC and future SEC schools. Is that sustainable over, like, five straight seasons? Probably not. But, yeah, like Rutgers, Vanderbilt, Indiana, they suck. Yeah, Maryland, and Illinois. They're, they're about to get even more money. Like, there's already a gap. It's about to widen, and they're still going to suck. You know, somebody in the SEC has to lose when they get to conference play. So these teams are going to be making 100 million, and LSU or Florida or Texas, somebody's going to go eight and four. Like you have to. And so I think, yeah, I think the gap will not be so insurmountable that you just you're already doing it. Kansas State's already doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, teams like Kansas State, Iowa State have already punched up at OU and Texas for the last decade in the Big Twelve. So would I rather be making twice as much? Sure, but I don't think it's just this death sentence as a program. Now, I do think there's a certain number you need to be at to be a competitive college football program, and I think the Big 12 is at that number, if not approaching that number. Um, But the difference between the Big 12 and the SEC is so much different than the Pac-12 and the Big 12 because the Pac-12, as of now, has not reached that kind of minimum threshold that I think the Big Big 12 has surpassed. Um, what are your thoughts on the the March deadline that was reported earlier this week where basically the Pac-12 schools allegedly have said if Klyavkov doesn't come up with something by March, um, they're basically going to take it into their own hands and figure it out themselves. It doesn't seem great for the conference. Um, I think really, I I think generally speaking, self-imposed deadlines are probably not great, especially when you're trying to negotiate on what's otherwise an open timeline. 
like when you publicize that, you're telling any interested parties, if there are any, Amazon, Apple, ESPN, basically saying like, if you can play hardball with us through March, then we're going to be in an even tougher spot and like lose more negotiating power. Now they're clearly late to the party as is. And so that's where I'm kind of like, what does it matter if it happens in one month or two months uh, or two months, you know, they, they lost their spot in line to the big 12. They've clearly conceded some bargaining power over the months as they've dragged on. And so I don't, it, it's kind of one of those things like, how did that even get publicized? I just don't see the benefit to publishing right. that information. And so that, that part, if I were part of the PAC 12 in that circle, I'd be concerned as like, what the heck is going on here? Certainly felt like a leak. Uh, Mr. Root says that's a bad look for Klyakov if the schools take over. It's a bad look for Klyakov already. He has well, looked what? bad. And again, I don't really blame Klyakov for all the missteps uh, because the initial reporting after Texas and Oklahoma were leaving was that Klyakov wanted to go expand. And Stanford and Cal and, depending on who you talk to, USC and UCLA said no. Um, apparently USC and UCLA had some long-term plans there that they just didn't want to get ruined, but yep. allegedly it was the school presidents, the university presidents that told Klyakov not to expand and he's got saddled with that burden. So, I mean, I, I have a hard time blaming Klyakov. He is in an impossible position. Impossible. Well, and I don't even know what that looks like when the presidents or ADs or chancellors say like, well, we're going to take over after March. Like, presidents have never negotiated a tv deal before like that's the commissioner's job and so that you're opening up an entire can of worms there um i, I can't believe rob that we're still i guess i can and i can't because the pac-12 clearly um is just in denial in so many ways do you remember when your mark was hired and I read you a fake quote from Lawrence Skuvenek on the podcast. Yes. It was the boilerplate. It was the way we've talked about college athletics up until the last couple of years of like ensuring student athlete success on and off the field and blah, blah, blah. And well, that's not really how things are anymore. These schools in the big 10 SEC are making a hundred million a year. The athletes are sometimes millionaires through NIL. There's transfer portal. And pretty much everybody has acknowledged that even the big 12, now, I don't think Bob Bowlesby was ready to acknowledge that, but your mark certainly is. He's like all about, we're going to be on the cutting edge. We're going to promote ourselves, future landscape of college athletics. He gets it. And the Pac-12 is so desperate and just detached from reality. They're, they're like literally still talking about academics as if that, and I know it quote unquote matters to the university presidents. They want to be affiliated with Stanford. I get that. It's like, hey, the other four conferences in the Power Five are all doing whatever's in their best interest to make the most money and position themselves for success, like in between the lines on the football field. And Utah is like, well, we're not going to come to the Big 12 because academics. And so it's like, okay, just if that's what you want to sign up for, then do it. The other four conferences are just going to move on without you, I guess. And y'all can pat yourselves on the back about research dollars if you want. Um, it's a little bit shocking that they can't read the room a little bit better than that. Not even a year ago, two years ago, they would have been late to recognizing the shifting landscape of college athletics. 
But the fact that that's their fallback now of like, well, we know we could get more visibility, more money, more stability in the Big 12, but, you know, the academics. It's like, okay, we'll have fun sitting next to Stanford, I guess. That doesn't matter in sports. It might make your university president feel better. And so if that's the sword y'all want to fall on, then do it. I understand not directing your university based on athletics, but aligning your athletics department in a new conference doesn't affect the academics at all to me. Um, is there weight in the academic world to say you graduated from a Pac-12 university? Or is, there, or is there weight to say you graduated from Stanford? I, I think it's... So it's the SEC, SEC deal that like A&M fans and Ole Miss fans do. They're basically proud of teams that they're associated with, Alabama, Georgia, kicking ass. And so if I go get a degree from Arizona, like it's a perfectly fine institution. They're like, yeah, we're, we're in the Pac-12 with Stanford. I think it's that same kind of mentality. Arizona, though? I mean, maybe Utah, who, who is new to the program, maybe Cal. Um, I just, it feels like Oregon does not operate that way. And it feels like the Arizona schools don't operate that way. Um, but they do. And Arizona state in particular, uh, which I've always seen and heard as a party school, uh, their university president has been one of the most outspoken about remaining in the PAC 12 and remaining in good academic standing and all that BS. Okay. Like, see you later. And, and, Another thing, Iowa State was AAU for a long time, yes? And they recently yeah. lost it? I don't know. So they recently lost status, and I think it's because they were doing less research-based study and more like action-based study or something. Some kind of line where they were doing more medical testing or whatever and, and less research, they lost AAU capacity. I don't, I don't know exactly how that works, but... Didn't hurt it's them. just, it, it's crazy to me that uh, like 15, 20 years ago, sure, academics was like legitimately a big part of this. It's part of why the Pac-16 broke up was the Stanford's and USC's and Cal's were like, yeah, Tech and Oklahoma State and like, okay, fair, whatever. But we live in a world now, Rob, where UCLA and Rutgers are in the same conference. And I don't mean that as an academic shot at either school, but it's like clearly geography like all that is out the window. It is all about the almighty dollar. And if you understand that and you work within those confines and you can maximize your income every year as an athletic department, if you don't and you go the old way and say, oh, we're going to, you know, academics, at least we're going to chemistry class with Stanford, then okay, fine. If that's what you prioritize, great. You're going to be behind everybody else. And that's clearly what the institutions are looking at. They're, they're staring down the barrel of less money than the Big 12 less visibility if they're on all Apple or half Amazon, half ESPN. And they're only saving grace as well. At least we have the PAC 12 name. At least we're in the same conference as Stanford. Okay, great. Have at it. And if they want Stanford to take the lead on this, it, it only hurts because Stanford is one of those athletic departments that doesn't need the TV money. And they're trying to cut sports, but they have like a $2 billion endowment for athletics. Yes. Like they don't, they don't need, like Oregon State needs a TV deal. The Arizona schools need TV deals. 
Um, in the same way that Texas Tech needs a TV deal, probably. But Texas doesn't. Texas could go independent. Right. And and make the same amount of money, or at least have money. So I really don't understand why Stanford doesn't go independent. It seems like that's what they want to do. Um, and they could play Notre Dame and USC and, and whoever else every year, and it would be fine. I think long-term... I, I do think the pack will stay together, sign a deal, you know, a crappy deal for the next six years or whatever. I think long-term Oregon and Washington are going to be part of whatever, whatever the college sports landscape looks like, where there's an in crowd, you have a seat at the table, Oregon and Washington are going to be there. Absolutely. Probably the Arizona's Utah and Colorado will be as well, whether that's in the big 12, big 10, something else. I don't know. Oregon state, Washington state, maybe not. I think Stanford and Cal long-term will be, either independent and have like a scheduling alliance with USC, UCLA, so that they don't have to do as much travel out of the state. Or maybe Sanford goes Big Ten as a pair with Notre Dame at some point. So yeah, I think those schools, they don't care if they only get $24 million from Apple and they have no visibility. Like, they don't really need it as much as Oregon State. Right. Stanford has the Stanford name. Yeah, They'll align with Notre Dame. They can go independent. So it's, it's less crucial for them, which is why I think they're fine to be like, we don't care if we make less money than the Big 12 because, like, we already have it in reserves. We have this endowment. Yeah. I'm just surprised more, like, the Colorados, Arizonas of the world, that they're not trying really hard to get to the Big 12. When Earlier when we mentioned the schools taking it in their own hands, I, I really don't think that's – when I read that, I read the schools are going to leave. Like, the school – like, that's what taking it in their own hands means. Not – not getting a TV deal, but creating their own destiny. And that would mean the Arizona schools, at the very least, leaving and coming to the Big 12 or wherever else. Here's another thought that I would, a question that I would post to everybody in the Pac 12 that isn't Stanford, Oregon, and Washington. And the question is this When has it ever worked out for any university, any athletic department, to hitch their wagon to somebody else? Like, everybody in the remaining Big 12 got screwed by Texas and OU. Right. When has it worked out for somebody doing the hitching? Right. Yeah. For for a, a Texas Tech, for example, to say, well, we're just going to go wherever Texas goes. Yeah. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Okay, you, you thought that, and then they went to the SEC without you. And then the entire Pac-12, when USC and UCLA said, no, 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 we don't need to expand. We don't need to get any Big 12 teams. They said, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll just do whatever you say. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Please, sir, may I have another? And then they leave. And I feel like we're doing the same thing. Utah, Arizona say like, well, we, we want to stick with Oregon and Washington. Okay, like they're not going to go to the Big Ten as soon as they have an opportunity. And so if I was your mark, I'd be I'd be playing hardball. I'd be saying like, y'all might think you can just come to the Big 12 whenever this collapses, whether it's in a year, six years, ten years. Like this is your only invitation. And make them sweat a little and think like, okay, let's go to the Big 12 now, have a forever home, or risk him being serious about that and – because you could leave them out. Like, you have no obligation to yeah. go save Colorado and Utah once Oregon and Washington leave or Stanford leaves. So, uh, I would, I would, that's how I would do it if I was I'd like, hey, you have an invitation right now. And in five years, when Oregon and Washington leave, that offer is no longer on the table. Make them think really twice if they want less money, less visibility, less stability, just so they can rub shoulders with Oregon and Stanford. 
that's how I would play it. Uh, Chase says it's worked out for Rutgers and Maryland. But they, didn't, they didn't hitch their wagon. Yeah, they, they left. They did the opposite. They yep. they jumped ship and went to Maryland didn't hitch their wagon to Duke or Clemson uh, and stay in the ACC. Uh, they got out, and they saw what the ACC was going to get, and they saw a better future in the Big Ten and jumped. So A and M, yeah, A and M got out of UT shadow and Nebraska, yeah. So, and and again, it doesn't work every time. Colorado certainly has proven that it doesn't work um, every time, but um, it certainly does feel like schools that leave are in a better position now. Now, most of them have gone to the SEC and the Big Ten, and those are the two conferences that we kind of say is our high points, but. I'm just saying it, it didn't benefit anybody in the remaining Pac-12 to sit idly by and let USC and UCLA call the shots. Right. And none of those institutions have learned their lesson because they're just letting Oregon and Washington do the exact same thing now. And it's probably going to end up equally bad for them. Uh, Root says, look at Stephen F. Austin. Uh, I mean, UT Nacogdoches. Oof. Uh, Chase gets to a comment I was just about to ask you your opinion on. Uh, what do you guys think about the rumor Oregon and Washington are being offered more money in the Big 12 than the rest of the Big 12 to come over? I want to change it because I don't think that'll happen. Um, but would you, Kyle, if you were Brett Yormark, offer Oregon some concessions to allow them to leave after two or four years um, with a small penalty if the Big 10 calls? Yeah, I would too. I would not. Oh, I, I would I, not do uneven distribution, but I would offer them outs after two and four. What I would do is say, if you leave, you're part of the Big Ten, Big Twelve challenge for a decade, or you know, make it so that it's beneficial for you long term. If it's not cash, that whoever's in the remaining Big Twelve at that point, assuming if you take Oregon and Washington, you also get the Arizona's or whoever. Say like, you can go to the Big Ten. You owe us a little bit of cash, and then Oregon, you're playing Arizona or Utah or Colorado or Texas Tech for the next 10 years. Yeah. And, and I it's would going say, to be on our networks. We're going to get money for it. And you have to pay us $50 million over the next 25 years or something. Yeah. Like something ridiculous. Because if you get Oregon and Washington, the Pac-12 is absolutely done. Yeah. And you've very much solidified yourself as the third strongest conference, giving yourself a ton of stability and you always have to be thinking one decade ahead in conference realignment. And one decade from now, you're in a position to poach ACC leftovers. The Big Ten will take whatever two they want. The SEC will take whatever two they want. Then you can get the fifth, sixth, seventh best teams from the ACC if you want them. In the next round, which is in potentially yeah. 13 years. Yeah. Because it's going to be in 36. But clearly you have to think ahead like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that the Big 12 has not done, and that's why they're in the position they are now. Two years ago, they did do some forward thinking and got UCF and BYU and Cincinnati and Houston, which we've discussed that at length, and I don't think we need to get into that again right now. But I do think there are... There were some benefits to doing that, and obviously you're in a better position than the Pac-12 right now because of it. Um, Big Hens says, I don't want any schools that don't want to stay in the Big 12 then kick Kansas out because they talk about it all the time. 
or or West Virginia. Yeah, you know, they or, want to be in the ACC, which yeah. makes sense for them. But it, it, it's all business, right? And so it's a good business venture, even if it's only temporary for you to have Oregon and Washington. Those would be the two biggest programs in your conference. You take them. Now you don't. I, there's a point where like you don't make all these concessions. Like you get to play every game at home. You get twice as much money as everybody else. Like you draw the line somewhere, but um, yeah. The kids calling uh, your mark to kick Kansas out. I I like where the Big Twelve is. Um, oh, can I can I say something related to what you just said? That I like where the Big 12 is? No, your point before that. Yeah. About relitigating the additions of the four teams. Uh-huh. The Pac-12 is obviously considering SMU. And so this notion that they won't add a religious school, I think that was the case when they could be more selective. But you're telling me they would take SMU but not BYU? If BYU wasn't in the Big 12? Or that they'll take a tiny private school with you know, no viewership, no alumni base just because they're in Dallas, but they wouldn't do the same thing for the University of Houston in the city of Houston. I, I I was never, I didn't love the addition of Houston, but those would be the two teams, I think, had you not expanded or had you taken Cincinnati and UCF only for whatever reason, the Pac-12 would have shored things up by not adding San Diego State, not adding SMU. They probably would have plucked BYU and Houston. Yeah. I think yes. they clearly have dropped the no religious affiliation deal if they're willing to add SMU. And so if they're willing to add SMU, BYU is 10 times more valuable. Um, and so it, those were defensive plays, I think, in, in hindsight. And I don't think they knew the demise of the Pac-12 was coming when they made those additions. But had you not added BYU and Houston specifically, I feel like those two programs would just be served up on a platter for the Pac-12 right now get them back to 12 teams after USC and UCLA leave, and they're in a much stronger position than they are right now. If Oregon and Washington come to the Big 12, are they the top programs in the conference? Yeah. Or Oregon would be. Oregon would be the marquee program. And you could sell it like that. Washington has, I think, two college football playoff appearances. Maybe just one. Mm. They have a history. I think they won a national championship in the 90s which would yes. be much more recently than anybody else in the Big 12 has won a national championship. Uh, I, th- I think you might be underselling Washington a little bit. They'd have the largest stadium in the new Big 12. In the remaining Big 12, I got you. Yeah. I was like, yeah. no, all Big 12 teams have won the national championship. But it's Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. 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 That's tough. Uh, Oregon also, you know, baseball, basketball, some strong programs, softball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and obviously their track and field would, would fit nicely in what the big 12 does. They have a, uh, also the affiliation with Nike, I think can't be understood. Somebody mentioned in the comments earlier that Nike movie looks good. Uh, the trailer is star studded. I will say that. Did you, have you seen the trailer? Yes. Pretty good. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, the boys all together. Do I get to, uh, explain my my chess move theory my out of the box strategy that nobody's gonna like but i think might be worth a shot is this something you had why are you asking me if you yes you can explain it i don't 
was this brought up earlier that I missed or it was in a discord all day. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't read that thread. That, that was one of those, uh, too long. Sorry. Sorry if that happened to you or congratulations kind of moments for me. Yeah. I, so, I it was like 10 minutes late and there were paragraphs that I did not catch up on. Here's what I would consider doing if I'm Brett Yormark. Okay. I call Oregon State and Washington State. Yeah, close your ears, Big Hen. You're not going to like this. I call Oregon State and Washington State. Uh-huh. Those are the only two schools that I call, and I offer them membership in the Big 12. So you'll make more money here, more stability. Like, there's no Oregon and Washington to leave you high and dry in a few years. The Big 12, now, those programs in and of the themselves are not huge draws they're not huge markets none of that but they play in the pacific time zone and that is huge um if you want to read about the impact that has playing in the fourth window the after dark window read the tv data that we've compiled on patreon it's compelling stuff it's the only thing that makes the pac-12 somewhat valuable to the tv networks is them being able to play at 10 30 eastern time when nobody else can so at the very least you get two schools in the Pacific time zone. You could play Big 12 after dark, which, by the way, anytime a Big 12 team or BYU has played a Pac-12 team in the after dark slot, it overperforms Pac-12 on Pac-12 action. So that's number one. Now, if they accept, which I think they might be likely to do, considering they're the two most vulnerable programs in the Pac-12, the dominoes start to fall. Suddenly they have eight teams. That's not enough to add San Diego State and SMU and be like, yeah, we're still a Power 5 conference. Once those dominoes fall, then you get the other ones that you really want, the valuable programs, the Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State. I'd be fine. If 18 is the cap, I'd be fine rolling the dice with Oregon State and Washington State to get what I call the big four, the Arizonas, Oregon, and Washington, and leaving Colorado and Utah out of it, partly because their fans are way too snobby for me partly because if this is what it takes to uh, knock over the house of cards, so to speak, then I'm for it. I think you would make Oregon State and Washington State really consider in a way that the Arizonas, Oregon and Washington don't really have to think about the Big 12 invite too hard right now. They're, they seem pretty content to stay in the Pac-12, whereas Oregon State and Washington State might be the ones that you're most attractive to. And so I say do that get into the Pacific time zone. And that is probably the most likely way to act as a catalyst to get these other dominoes that you really want to fall. And I think it's worth a shot. Is. Is 18 the cap or 16? I think if you're the first conference in four time zones, I think you can go 18. You, you you would have a manageable amount of inventory in every time slot. And, and you have differentiators, right? You say, we're the first conference to 18. We're the first conference in all, all four time zones. Right. We're going to add Gonzaga as basketball only and have by far the best basketball conference in the country. And now they have, by the way, if that theory works, Oregon State, Washington State accept, and that ultimately brings Oregon and UW with them after the Pac-12 like no longer can survive. Now you have four schools in the Pacific Northwest with Gonzaga. You totally mitigate their travel concerns. And that's not even getting into if you can get Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State to join. And so it makes that move, the basketball move, uh, make a lot more sense too. But wouldn't that just be the conference of 12 
with a Pac-12 division and a Big 12 division? More or less. Like, just, why, you know, not without... just, why not just merge? Because uh, they don't want to merge? Yeah. Well, they talked about it. Apparently, Klykov came begging and said, hey, if you let these people keep jobs, then we'll do it. Only according to MH Fair. Yeah. I said allegedly. Which I'm not, I said allegedly. I'm not sold on that guy. I said allegedly. But yeah, a merger would be... I mean, I don't think Stanford and Cal would come. This is the scenario where they would just go independent and have a scheduling alliance with the SoCal schools, Notre Dame, you know, whatever. But if that's what it takes, if you have to take Oregon State and Washington State, which, by the way, I like their fan bases probably more than any other Pac-12 school besides the Arizonas. Yeah. If it takes, okay, we have to get the two not-so-valuable programs to get the two, four, or six that we really want, I think that's a deal worth making. And I also see a lot of... Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State in those two schools. They're not geographic fits per se, but I think they're culture fits. You know, those, those are public schools yeah. with decent enrollments, decent alumni bases. They're, you know, I don't, they're probably both the land grant school of Washington and Oregon. I think it would make sense here. In a vacuum, Washington State and Oregon State make absolute sense for the Big 12. But if I could only add two schools, they would be the last two I would add. I I agree. Besides Stanford and Cal. Besides yeah. Stanford and Cal. If I could only add two, it would be Oregon and Arizona. Um, after that would be Arizona State and Washington. Obviously, those are mixing up pairs. But if I could just go cold-blooded assassin and add them one at a time, I would add Oregon first and then Arizona. Those are the two most valuable to me. Um, and then move on with their pairs. And again, Colorado, Utah don't really care anymore. If the Arizona schools, Oregon, Washington, and Oregon State and Washington State were in the Big 12 tomorrow, I would be happy. Um, I don't really want to get to 18 uh, because I still hold out the hope that NC State and Miami and Florida State and whoever else might be available in the future um, and I don't want to cap it early and then have the Big Ten and the SEC just have free reign on the ACC once that explodes. One more thought. Brett Yormark has made it very clear he wants to plant some sort of a flag in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. We agree on that from every everything yes. we've read, all yeah. the perceptions. Uh-huh. Now, he's floated the idea of adding UNLV, which I think you and I were both like eh, not so high on. Yeah. So I'm also viewing this as an alternative to having to maybe add UNLV. And okay. here's why. Can I guess? You could sure yeah. play neutral sites with Washington State in Las Vegas. If it makes sense, yeah. I think yeah. schools like Washington State, Oregon State could play a team like Oklahoma State, Baylor. Uh, well, maybe not Baylor. I don't know if their fan base would eat up Vegas. Certainly like Texas, Texas Tech, Tech would, yeah. Like Houston. And like have a have three or four Big 12 games in Las Vegas every year. And okay, it's hard for Gonzaga to go all the way across the country and back all the time. Have them play a Saturday in Las Vegas and then a Monday in Las Vegas. You know, is that doable? Yeah. I mean, you could be the first conference with a multi-team invitational uh, with conference games. You could play a Las Vegas Big 12 tournament in the middle of the year and get 
four or five Big 12 games in early in conference play in Vegas. That would be awesome. Yeah. Imagine if, if the NCAA would allow you to do this. Like, you remember the COVID season when um, certain teams were like, with all the cancellations and the scheduling adjustments, certain teams were more motivated to play to like help their resume. Um, you know, like I think the one I'm really thinking of is BYU and Coastal Carolina. We're trying to vie for that group of five yeah. spot in the mm-hmm. in the New Year's Six. What about the same concept with like teams that are on the bubble for the NCAA tournament? Say so like, hey, the the four of you that are closest, y'all are going to play like a, a round robin in Vegas to get all of you more quad one games because that'll be a neutral site. Like imagine if Tech and West Virginia and Oklahoma State got to play like a round robin where they just play each other one more time in Vegas with like pretty high stakes. If you win, you get another quad one win. Um, win, they, win though. Hmm? During the Big 12 tournament? Uh, or like at the end of the regular season, like you build in some flex to the schedule yeah. and say like, hey, two weeks before the end of the regular season, we're going to assign everybody two more games. It it sounds out of the box, but like if you said, okay, it, it makes sense for Kansas to not jeopardize their one seed status, you're going to play OU one more time. Um, we're going to send three teams to Vegas to play a round robin on a Saturday and then a Monday or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm all for getting creative with stuff like that. I, right. As you know, with a bunch of teams, I'm for pods and playing a plus one for the conference championship. I think that helps not only generate revenue for your conference championship game with viewership, but it also might create more at-large spots in a 12-team playoff. If if your four best teams in the conference are playing high-quality opponents at the end of the season, they're having the opportunity to hopefully play themselves into an at-large bid in a 12-team football playoff. Yeah, and if you did that, if you played, if you saved the final week of the season for that, if you played eight conference games and then said the ninth conference slot is going to be, um, you know, you, you eight teams will have home games this year, you eight teams will have road games, and we'll match you up that way. Uh, you could theoretically do that. It might get a little mixy, and you probably couldn't do a semifinal, a true semifinal that way because people want guaranteed home games. Uh, and you're not going to take away a home game to go play in Vegas in football. You you would in basketball probably, uh, but you wouldn't in football. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of that makes sense, and it doesn't have to be Vegas either. I think there are a lot of venues in the Big 12, especially between here and Oregon, uh, that would work. Okay. Kansas City, um, lots of places in California that would be kind of middle of the road or at least equidistant. I get frustrated with people, though, who just view all this stuff in, like, absolutes. And, like, certain stuff is just off the table for them. And I know some of the stuff I just toss out there, people are going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? That's yeah. a stupid idea. Yeah. Um, but I just think in the world you're in now, like, you have to be creative you're not just going to magically catch up to the SEC and Big Ten. And, like, we're weighing alternatives and trade-offs. If your mark is so obsessed with Las Vegas that he's either going to add UNLV or play neutral site games in Las Vegas, well, give me Oregon State and Las Vegas. 
And so you're saying like, well, they're not going to want to give up a football home game. Okay, well, we all do things that we don't want to do sometimes if it's in ultimately our best interest. Like I don't want to mow the lawn in July, but I have to. So if it's UNLV or a neutral side game in Las Vegas, give me that. But some people are just like, they don't want this, they don't want that, they don't want to do anything, but they magically like don't want to get left behind in the new college athletics landscape either. Yeah, but I also don't think it has to be UNLV or playing Vegas. Like, I'm just saying if that's the trade-off. Right. Like if your market is so obsessed with Vegas that it's going to be one or the other, we're going to play neutral side games in Vegas, or we're going to have a team in Las Vegas, then like those are your two options. Yeah, but I think, again, you can play basketball and baseball games. In, is there a baseball park in Las Vegas? They're building one, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you can do that. You could you could play the the Big Twelve tournaments there. You could rotate them in. Um, they're going to be rotating through Oklahoma City and Arlington and baseball. And I guess for the foreseeable future, they're going to be at Kansas City for the basketball tournament. But I don't. Know, I think there are ways to get to Vegas. I don't like everything you just went through, but I don't have to. And I respect. I just like. I respect your ingenuity. I just like that your mark, and, and and these are just ideas I'm talking. I'm not like sold on any of this. I would just want to like explore the economics of it, right? Um, and, and that's what I like about your mark is nothing's off the table. Um, now that doesn't mean all his ideas are good ones. It doesn't mean that always being creative is a good, like just because you're doing something different than everybody else doesn't necessarily mean it's a good idea, right? But he at least seems like the kind of guy who would approach Gonzaga about basketball only, which clearly Bullsby was never interested in or we would have heard about it by now. Right. And so I just like that your mark is at least looking into, like he sees the value of Las Vegas, whether that's doing conference tournaments there, maybe adding UNLV, whatever. I, I, I think, I think we're in good hands there that he's trying to be innovative. Right. Uh, Big Hen says you could send Kansas state and Iowa state to play in Vegas tomorrow and it would be sold out. Uh, I would go to that. What about our conference makes geographical sense as it is? Uh, middle America. Well, not with UCF and West Virginia, but you know what I mean. Uh, you could just hire a guy to mow your lawn. City boy can't mow his lawn in the summer. <laughs> who would who would pay somebody to mow their lawn? Oh man. Uh, neutral site games at Arrowhead. Yes, uh, the Big Twelve championship should be at it Arrowhead. Not every year, but they should work that in. It used to be. Yeah. Um. Uh, so you ready to move on for a second? I have one more thought. Okay. The main reason why these schools from the West Coast should want to join the Big 12 is so that they can come to Lubbock and get some Merino barbecue. I don't know what they eat out there, you know, cod or whatever, but goodness gracious, guys, come get some real food. Okay, we got good Tex-Mex. We have really good barbecue, and you can kind of get a mix of both of those out of Rahino if yes, you, you want. Can. So if we have any Pac-12 listeners and you're like, oh, the academics in the Big 12, let us get you some brisket. It'll put your mind at ease. You won't care about any academics or any of that. Or if we see you in Vegas, we'll bring some. We'll bring some Rahino barbecue to you and you can try it there. RahinoBBQ.com, order ahead because the lines do get long because everybody loves them so much. Give them a follow at RahinoBBQ on socials. And thank you to Reno Barbecue for your support of the Gambling Gauchos. Big Hen says, what a segue. That's why Kyle is my goat. Hashtag my goat. Um, Big Hen, 
buddy. It's uh, S G S E G U E Segway. It's not the little scooter. He... It's not the little scooter thing you ride on. <laughs> uh, Big Hen says Kyle is the smartest, most handsome, most hardworking man in America. So like the brand. Yeah, the brand, the the Gauchos brand. Hey, um, speaking of. <coughs> Well, Rob coughs Excuse up a lung there. Sorry. Oh. Speaking of Rojinho, uh, if you are partaking in Lent or Ash Wednesday or uh, any activities that have to do with not eating meat on Fridays, Fish Friday at Rojinho Barbecue. How about that? So there you go. So if you're if you're partaking in Lent and can't eat brisket on Friday, you can go to Fish Friday at Rojinho Barbecue. Um, I'm done talking about the Oregon State chess move. I've made my case. If somebody has looked at, and I'm not even talking to Big Hand, I'm talking to whoever's going to listen to this and like blast me for it on Twitter. What do you want, Oregon State? Like, well, I, I explained it. I have my reasoning. I have a crap ton of TV data and everything on Patreon. Go look at it or don't. I've made my case. You don't have to agree with me. That's all. Big Hen doesn't agree with me. That's okay. I still love Big Hen. So. Of course. Um, or maybe Big Hen hates me. I don't know. No, he just said he loved you. I think he's being sarcastic. Well, you can't just take a compliment for its face value. You have to ascribe something to it. Uh, that's a lot of psychoanalysis there, Rob. I was just in this one instance saying that I thought he might be sarcastic. Uh, we're not asking them to California or Lubbock just play one game there every four years and make some TV money. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, the football facility, the Womble facility, uh, put out some renderings today. Uh, I did want to say two things. First thing, if they ever wear red helmets with a white double T, I will riot. It was in the renderings, in the locker room. It was a on the on the lockers. It was a red helmet with a white double T, like the white basketball uniforms with red double T on them. And I know it's just a rendering, but if those are ever used, I will riot. Can I ask you a question on that? Yeah. Do you remember which baseball uniforms the Red Raiders wore on Monday? Those look good. They had solid red hats with white double T's on them. Are you, is it okay in one sport but not another? Or like, what's the what's the differentiator there? Yeah, that one. I, if, I it, okay. If the helmet was like that, would you be for it? If it was old school double T. No, but this has like black outlines and looks good. Okay, so how about this? A red helmet, black face mask, black stripe, white old school double T. No, it's a white three D double T. I know, but I'm asking you if. Because you were like, if they ever wear a red helmet with a white double T, I'm asking if it looked, if it was designed a little bit different, would you be down with a concept that looks like the baseball lid? <sighs> or no? It's okay if you're not. I'm just trying I'm, to clarify. I am a black helmet purist. I think Texas Tech should wear black helmets. Okay. I love that. I, I am too. So, no, I would not. I don't like red. And especially because I think it'd be with like, I mean, if they did them like the baseball jerseys and it was like off-white uniform then no, I really, really wouldn't like it. Um, 
Are you fighting back a yawn? What are you doing over there? Like um, clenching your teeth. I'm picking out a blister on my foot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you asked. I, was, I, I, well, I thought you were looking at the TV. I thought you were looking at the no, TV, gritting your like teeth it. at something. I have a blister on my finger, but I wouldn't pick it uh, in the I'll move the camera room. more straight ahead so that it doesn't look like I'm so distracted. Yeah, or you could just not do that for now and then just do it later. But, hey, to each its own. Um, the other rendering that I that I liked was the walkthrough portion of the facility. Um, with the screen up there, Ariel Schaefer uh, putting out on Twitter that the coaching staff said that that was <laughs> now took off the cameras like a pick a blister. Oh my god! Uh, the walkthrough facility where you can put the alignments of the other team up on the screen and quickly run through. Um, different formations. Yeah. RIP Kyle. Uh, City boy catching blisters in his Oxfords. I thought Kyle was rewatching the end of the Lady Raider game yesterday. Uh, Go wash your hands, Kyle. That blister's about to die. Yeah, that's all. Those are great comments. Um, all right. Kyle, that's all I had on the, um, football facility if you had any other points you can give them uh, if not we'll move on to the discord mailbag <laughs> did you bite it off <laughs> no uh, I kind of botched it though it did oh, not go super God. well did you rip the extra skin off man blisters you can start ripping the skin off a blister and then when you get a little into the fresh area that is painful is that what happened no comment um, hey, do you want to talk Davis Webb a little bit? I would like to move on from this, yes. Davis Webb? Yeah. Denver Broncos coach. Yeah. At, did they say 28 years old? Let's see. He was a college He's freshman in 2013. Coaching 34-year-old Russell Wilson. That is pretty hilarious. He must have a just brilliant football mind that he's that highly thought of in the industry. And we know he was before this offseason, too. He was like, no, I want to play one more year. So, anyway, that I, I kind of wanted him to keep playing. I thought he was a really good backup quarterback and kind of balled out a little bit against the Eagles in that last regular season game. Um, and just, you know, he's young, he's healthy. I wanted him to keep playing. But maybe coaching is where his real passion is, and he had a really good opportunity to do that that he didn't want to pass up. So, good for him. I'm a- yes, good for him. I'm sure Kyle was making a great point there. He's frozen. Uh, I'm not going to say he's frozen. I'm not going to tell him he's frozen. He knows he's frozen. Yep, there he is. He's coming back. All right, how you doing, Kyle? As noted by Ben Golan with Red Raider Sports, uh, he's, he's going to go up against Patrick Mahomes twice a year, at least. Uh, three times if they make the playoffs together or something. So, anyway, that's an interesting dynamic to all this. Also interesting that he's he's with a quarterback that Denver sold the farm for and then sucked with last year. So, I mean, Russell Wilson, I don't think just like got bad at football overnight. He's a good quarterback, but I don't know what their deal was last season. So he's he's in an interesting spot. Like, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on 
Russell Wilson in the Denver office next next season. So we'll see how it goes for him. Well, when Davis Webb was with the Bills, they wanted him to be a coach. He decided to move on to the Giants to play one more season like you alluded to. I'm sure you talked about all this when you were frozen, but um, the Bills were really high on Davis Webb. And if Davis Webb doesn't do any technique coaching or whatever else with Russell Wilson and just game plans and, and does books and helps the DBs and the quarterbacks, I think it's worth it. And if that's what he wants to do, if that's what he wants to get into, it's you could go to a worse franchise than the Broncos. I'm not a big well, fan of where they are right now, but you could certainly go to a, you know, a poverty franchise like the Cardinals uh, and really be in a bad position. Yeah, which their head coach, I think everybody already said this on Twitter, but they hired Michael Scott. Yeah, Adam Gase. Good luck. Um, and I'll say this too for Davis Webb. It, being a quarterback's coach in the NFL lately <laughs> has been a very quick avenue to being an offensive coordinator if you're good at it. Yeah. Uh, I think that was what Kevin Stefanski did. And then, of course, if you're a coordinator – and you're good on that side of the ball, you're going to have an opportunity to be a head coach. So I don't know. He, he might be in the fast lane for some of that if he does a good job, of course. Um, that's that's a big if because the NFL is just so tough. But if you told me six years from now that he's a NFL head coach, I would say that's not crazy. If he spends two or three years as a good quarterback coach and he gets an OC job because of that and does a good job, I mean, he could totally be on that path. Kyle, are you going to go to an Arlington Renegades game? I don't know what an Arlington Renegade is, so probably not. CXFL? Yep. Colin Schooler? I do like Colin Schooler. Well, he's a Renegade. Are you ready for the Diversified Mailbag? Diversified Lenders Mailbag? Yes. Brought to you by Diversified Lenders. Um, I'm going to read most of these tonight. The, the, the mailbag went off the rails a little bit today. Hand up. Partly my fault. But uh, we'll get into him. Um, do you picture a scenario where Daniel Bacho plays on Saturday? I guess. I mean, didn't Adam especially say he's uh, questionable? Yeah. I would say probably not. But, yeah, I mean, the way that was worded was just like. Do you want him to play on Saturday? Yeah. If he's healthy. If you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? Should I say that like Harry Curry? Hi. Next question. What is that? It's a Harry Curry quote. If you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? Hi. Next. If the moon was made of spare ribs, would you eat them? I would. Heck, I'd have seconds. Uh, Star Bench Cup Batman villains. Penguin, Two-Face, Joker. Starting Joker, absolutely. Uh, I guess bench, Two-Face, cut Penguin. Kyle's not amused, the commenter says. Are you starting Joker? Did you know, Rob, sometimes you do the Discord mailbag like it's an interview of me yeah. and you don't answer some of them? Yeah, a lot of times I do that, yeah. You should answer all the questions. Just okay, like, all right. Um, I mean, you could you could read some questions and then I could answer. I can't because if I oh, that's true. We need to get your laptop, on. man. Hey, uh, I saw a refurbished. I have a laptop. 
I saw a refurbished MacBook for like three hundred bucks today. If you want to, no. do you want to send that link? I have a MacBook. Well, your your wife does. Yeah. But you could also have it. you could both have one. Yeah, we're about to live together again, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, let's see. I would start Joker and uh, bench Penguin. Danny DeVito's Penguin. Start bench cut Joker's Joaquin Phoenix. Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson. Um, start Heath Ledger, bench Jack Nicholson, cut um, Mark Hamill. The cartoon Joker. He's got the best laugh. I'm looking at a Joker right now. Uh, Starbridge Cut Ski Resort, Ski Apache, Taos, Red River. Have you ever been skiing? I've only been skiing at Ski Apache, so I'm starting that, and I don't know about the other two. I've never been skiing. Does that surprise you? Do we want to getting to know the gauchos on skiing? Yeah, I would love one. My youth pastor, I've, I've referenced him before, Big Red Raider. Um, he helped kind of like teach me how to be a tech fan growing up, but He's like so when he was in at school in Lubbock, he would he would go to Rio Dosa like every other weekend during ski season. So he's like an expert skier. He can do like black diamonds and so I'm skiing with my church youth group and he's like, Yeah, dude, like blues aren't that hard. Like we'll start you off on the blue, you'll be fine. I was like, Okay. So like my first time ever skiing, I'm at the top of this blue and I start going down. I have no idea how to stop. And so he's like yelling, he's like, stop. So, and I was like, I can't. And he was like, then just fall down. He's like, yeah, he's like, fall down. I was like, no, like that, that might hurt. Like I'm not <laughs> falling down. And so he comes, he's like, he's behind me. He just like speeds up and literally just tackles me. Cause it was the only way that I was going to stop before like running into people, buildings, whatever at the bottom of the slope. And so after that, after he tackles me and he's like, you okay? I was like, yeah. And we like stand up, brush ourselves off, find our skis. He goes, yeah, maybe we'll start you off on a green. It's like, yeah, maybe that's a good idea since I've literally never done this before. Do you have a good rest of the day? Yeah, mostly. No more tackling? Skiing, you can learn pretty quick, I think. And then once you learn it, it sticks with you. Like riding a bike? Yeah. Bill Walton's kid says, hot dog? <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, Star Bench Cut, Ridoso Casino, Windstar, and uh, Shreveport. I guess Ridoso Casino, is that in the Mountain Gods? Yeah. They're in the correct order. Star Ridoso, Bench, Windstar, Cut, Shreveport. Uh, Big Henfield's bullied today, and he's going to cut my life into pieces. Big Henfield's bullied. Yeah, he does. Well, I added that to the comment. Now Ryan says no hot dog. I don't know what you're talking about, Bill. Or Luke. Um, should Texas Tech basketball, men or women, considering playing one non-conference game a year in nearby cities like Canyon, Midland, Wichita Falls, or even San Angelo? The men's team did that. Yeah, they did in uh, Midland. I think that's right. And maybe Canyon even. I don't remember that one. Well, they played at WT. Canyon, Canyon definitely has the facility for it. Um, 
I guess Midland does if you've played there. I liked the game they did at the old Coliseum. Yes. Of course, that's no longer doable. Um, yeah, I don't really know where else you would go. If you want to, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. It depends who you play. Um, you couldn't do a Power 5 game. Well, I mean, you could, and it would just be packed. No, but if you wanted to meet, like, New Mexico in yeah, in Canyon or something, that would probably be fine. I'm in. Uh, start Bench Cut Jersey Mike's Firehouse Subway. Um, been a while since I was at Firehouse. I'll start Jersey Mike's Bench Firehouse Cut Subway. Same. Can I be that guy? I would start yeah. Jimmy John's. It's freaky fast. People are... People have very different opinions on Jimmy John's. Uh, it's either a love or hate thing. Yeah, I love it. I like the the Unwitch, too. The lettuce wrap. Once went to Subway coming home on a road trip in uh, Grippy Socks. How high do you think you could kick a fully cooked rotisserie chicken and it still be mostly intact? Like landing on the ground or like I catch it after it? Uh, whatever you think would keep it mostly intact. I could, probably as high as I could kick it into the air, I could keep it intact if I could, if I could catch it. So I don't know what that'd be, like 20 feet in the air? You don't think it would explode on contact with your foot? No. I think well, I maybe. could kick it face high. I'm having trouble deciphering mostly intact. Like, How much destruction are we talking here while still qualifying as mostly intact? Well, let's say it's 20 ounces and you keep 80% of the chicken. Like, no, you did lose, no, lose no legs. <laughs> Said a stroke. <laughs> oh I didn't God. know you were talking about if you... Noodaloo, new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, lose no limbs, is what I was trying to say, I think. I could, I could go above face high for sure. Would you hacky sack it or punt it? I think. I think you'd want to go side of the foot to maximize surface area. Chase, so wants, Chase wants to door dash you a chicken so you can do it. Can we can we go do this for, for content? Next time you're in Lubbock, we'll go to Saint, uh, Costco and get a... They're cheap. They're big, too. You could probably... They're probably robust enough to punt. Would Kyle or Baccio have a higher vertical right now? Let's say it's a I one, I had, one had a step. pretty big vertical. Yeah? Right now, though. I don't know. Are you in your prime? No. After one full recruiting cycle of Texas, uh, do I need to answer that one too? I would say Bacho. After one full recruiting cycle, what percentage of the football team will be from Texas? Over under 95%. Under because you have a strong pipeline from Louisiana. Um, yeah. Probably pretty close to 85 though. I would, I would say it's a really high percentage. I think 75 or 80. Yeah. Have to count that up. Of course, are we talking scholarships or are we talking total roster? 
Right. I would guess most of the walk-ons, like even more of the walk-ons are from Texas. Right. If you're talking about 100 players or 110, what is it, 125? How, long, how many people can you have on a roster? 100. And then 85 scholarships? Or is it 85 plus 25? Something like that. And there was some, there was some, you know, revisions and blanket waivers that they did for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, these are questions you don't have to answer, but have been asked. So you can just say, you know, you could plead the fifth or answer. Uh, what is the hardest drug you've done? I, I really don't have much of a history with drugs at all. Yeah. So what weed? The hardest Um, hardest drug you've done? Yeah, I mean, unless, like, prescription counts. But no, I've not done any, like... Were they prescribed to you? Um, yeah. Okay. But, like, that's still a drug, technically. Then no, that doesn't count. Yeah. I don't think it's a hard... I don't don't even... I don't even think I've ever been issued, um... Like, anything for pain or, like, anesthesia or anything. Hmm. I plead the fifth. I'm super Uh, lame. What is the worst crime you've committed? I think I admitted to it on the last pod. Impersonating an officer? Yeah, allegedly, maybe. I don't know. Have you ever stolen anything? Um, not from a, like a store. The only thing I can remember stealing was in college. Uh, there's like a an animal skull. I think like a small deer. Yeah. Uh, and it was like sitting on top of this guy's fence. And I just thought it looked cool and was like dared to go like grab it and run off with it. So yeah, I took somebody's property, but I haven't like, I don't think I've ever stolen anything from like a store or a restaurant or. Or like from a friend's house. Did you ever do that? Yeah. Like. No, I would never steal my friend's belongings. Well, like temporary like steal a video game so you could play it and then like oh uh, dude i took your video game a week ago here maybe like a dvd Uh, rob back to interviewing kyle and not answering uh i don't want to incriminate myself but if you did incriminate yourself you could just call barnett howard and williams if you allegedly incriminated yourself uh kyle stole rob's heart mr root oh wow that's deep if i called you uh at 1 30 a.m would you bring me my firearm it would depend on the circumstances. Let's say I asked for a girl's number and her boyfriend got mad at me. I would probably not in that circumstance. Okay. I would say maybe you need to cool off. Yeah. Then I'll bring you your firearm some other time. Okay. But if you said, like, the situation and I trusted that, like, right. yeah. Uh, you two living together is the content we want. No, I don't think us two living together would do would go well. Why is that? I just, what do you mean? Why is that? I don't think you would like me as a roommate. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I think I could Wait, handle you. Extend that to cover your bases because it sounded like you wouldn't like having me as a roommate. No, I I love roommates. I do like living alone. Uh, but for the sake of content, I would do that. I just. I think you would get short with me before I got short with you. You would do anything with content or for content, wouldn't you? Cream, baby. Content rules everything around me. Uh, Rob could be Kyle's nanny. 
Mm. I, don't, I really don't know about that. No, I'm good with kids. What are you talking about? What yeah, I'm not a kid though. What? I'm no, not no, a kid though. No, I could be your I could be like your family's nanny, I think is what what it was. Like your au pair. I could be a little well, nanny. Pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bro pair? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with babies. Yeah, you can you can move in with us and be the bro pair if you want. Sure, all right. I probably need to ask my wife, but I'm surely she'd have no problem with it. I I think she's at least tolerable of me. Yeah, we hung out once. Top golf. Top golf. Yeah. Four golf. Oh uh, yeah, four golf in Lubbock. No free ads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of your wife, have you ever cheated on a significant other? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've only had like three real girlfriends, though, like including my current wife. Yeah. So, not that I ever would have, but I didn't exactly have like a ton of opportunity either. <laughs> right. Um. Not. No, I have not either. I was talking to a woman online for like six months, and uh, we were talking like on the phone a lot, and it was weird. She was just calling me like in her car, and then come to find out she was married. So. I mean, I've not you count my significant other, but uh, somebody else has. If you count the fact that I'm married to my wife and married to the game, mm. then yeah, there you but go. But that's about it. There you go. Have you ever had a gas station tell you their bathrooms are closed, so you just go around the back and do the deed on the store? This feels like a very specific <laughs> question that maybe has just happened to the to the guy who questioned it, <laughs> asked it, have questioned you, it. Have you ever been in? Austin, Texas, in June of 2021, after a long night at the bar. Um, definitely, I mean, I think all guys have done some form of public urination. I don't know about that specific instance, though. Probably not. Chase says three right now, including your wife, or three total? Three total. Like <laughs> I had a high school girlfriend, a college girlfriend, and now I'm married. She's your girlfriend and your wife? All right. Yeah. Uh, Maddie wants us to start over. Uh, he missed the first hour. Yeah, typical. Uh, Chase is telling Maddie that he's missed you popping a blister. Uh, I'm sure that will go over well. I, I hope that gets uh, memed. May or may not. Do you want to see the blister or no? No, I don't, please. Uh, I have... I'll put it in the Discord. Okay, good. Yeah, For, for only $5 a month. Game day threads? Are you selling feet pics at that point? If more or less yeah if you're promising feet action in the discord maddie got here at a good time he's a bigfoot yeah, guy a bigfoot guy do you know who else is a bigfoot guy micah parsons has really leaned in that lately <laughs> what just in an interview they asked him like something innocuous and he was like oh i love feet and they were like what <laughs> And then at the thing, uh, Bill Walton's kid needs to tell us about this. He was at the ticket stock or whatever, and they were like taking each other's socks off and playing with each other's feet up on the stage. It was crazy. Do you remember the Rex Ryan foot video? Yeah, where his wife's feet were hanging out the car door. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Do you remember <laughs> that was when he was with the Jets uh -huh. and Welker was with the Patriots? Do you remember that interview that Welker did? This. Or it was. It was like a media availability. Yeah. And they're like asking him questions. He's like doing all these foot puns. Um, he's like, yeah, you know, 
we just got to do what coach says, be good little foot soldiers and stick to the game plan. Like, you know, we, we got to stay on our toes. And, yeah. and he does it like four or five times and somebody noticed and like clipped it together. It was right after that video came out. It was like, that is so perfect. Yeah. Put your best foot forward. You got to be where your feet are. I'm going to dig that up. That was hilarious. Have you ever shot a man in Reno just to watch him die? I don't know why I said that like Christopher Walken. <laughs> two mice. I was trying to just watch him die. <laughs> that was the worst Christopher Walken I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, let's hear yours. Say, have you ever shot a man in Reno <sighs> just to watch him die? Like <laughs> have you ever <laughs> shot a man oh in Reno oh. just to watch him die? That was so good. That was so good. I can't top it. I couldn't top it. Oh my god! <coughs> oh my god! Did you, see, did you see my follow-up question to that? Um, yes, you did another lyric. Uh, if they freed you from this prison, if the railroad train were yours, would you move it on a little farther down the line? <coughs> oh man! I really want to hear your Christopher Walken now. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Rob's laugh sounds like a dying duck. Getting to know the gauchos. One time I was at the park uh, in about fifth grade and I coughed like that. And this gang of geese, I, I must have insulted their mother or something. They chased me across the park and I had to dive into my mom's minivan. They had like opened up the side door and I dove in and they shut it and like a bunch of geese hit the door. It's crazy. A uh, gaggle of geese, sorry. I don't know that I, uh, I can't, I don't know if that can do a uh, Christopher Walken. Um, you have to. Okay. Um, if, if getting to know the gauchos, one time I did a pep rally or a devotional, one of the two. I went to a Christian school, they're all the same. Um, and did the two, two mice in a bucket of cream speech from Catch You If You Can, Catch Me If You Can. Not familiar. You never seen Catch Me If You Can? Nope. It's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks. No, yeah, never heard of it. Okay, so Christopher Walken doing Johnny Cash. <laughs> I, <don't>, <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking of you. Going to turn my camera you off. Were like, <laughs> you were like doing a Russian Christopher Walken. Uh, have you ever shot a man in? Reno. No, I can't do it either. Mine is worse than yours. Oh, man. I can only do Christopher Walken doing Christopher Walken. Like, um, uh, stab him in the neck with a soldering iron. Two mice and a bucket of cream. Oh, man. Uh, what appendage would you chop off first if you had to dismember a pop? What the <laughs> I see now that they were making fun of Maddie when they asked that. Uh, that was not a real question. Uh, do you want to answer? What? What? No. Okay, all right. Plead the fifth on that one as well. 
Did you enjoy um, oh dissecting animals in like high school science class? Enjoy is an odd way to phrase it. Uh, no. Like scientifically. It was, it, I enjoyed learning. Uh, yes. I what was, all did you dissect? We did a frog. Yeah, we did that. Um, I don't. Did you do a rat or a cat? I was going to say some kind of mouse or rat. We didn't do a cat. Did you dissect a cat? Yeah. Do they just find a dead cat or do they kill a cat for you? I think they were like feral cats. That one was a little bit, honestly, the larger at, the animal, the more like, eh. Like the frog was, you know. At your high school? Yeah. They just didn't want to pay for dissecting animals, so they just found feral cats? I guess, yeah. Is that a thing that a lot of high schools do? Uh, I've I don't never, know. I think I've never heard of that. I think I did a squid in college. Um, but yeah, I thought I was going to hate it because I'm, I'm not good with like guts and gore and lots of cats, all that big hen, but I actually didn't mind it. I was like, it's okay, man. Come on, man. I bet he was though. A fetal pig. Yeah. We did a pig. We did a pig. That sounds familiar. I don't think we did cats though. That and a sheep's head. Somebody did a sheep's head. Uh, we never did that. No, I re- you're and imagining I didn't do, a cat I didn't though until, that like I didn't do them till college. You're imagining a cat that like comes with a card that says like, "Hi, my name is Callie. I was so and so's cat, and then they slaughtered me for your science class." These are like stray cats. Yeah, not that their lives are any less valuable. Yeah, I was about but, to say, that's a you know an indictment on your thoughts on a lot of things. Kyle. No. No, it's not. Yeah, because I like, just clarified. You don't like homeless people either. Uh, you want to know getting to know the gauchos? Ah, that's a. This doesn't feel good. Okay. Yes, I do. You know, I do. But I always do. I was I was walking across the street this morning, and this homeless person oh, okay. was uh, threatening to beat my ass. Yeah. I was like, okay, he's like an old man as a homeless. I have had a lot of encounters with homeless people. I worked at a soup kitchen for about a year and a half. Um, quit soon after I was threatened with a gun in my face. Come to find out it was a BB gun, but that Still was not great. Yeah. You know, not a big deal. I stepped in front of it because there were lots of people in there and you know, I'm a hero, <laughs> but <sighs> there's another homeless guy who told me gun. he liked my shoes. Oh, well, you, I'm sure you have nice shoes. Did, the same shoes they gave you a blister. No, are yesterday's you, shoes. Are you sockless? No, they're just new shoes and oh, they're gotcha. still getting worn in. And it, I walked a lot today. Is it on your heel or on the sole? Yeah, inside of the heel. Okay. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. Oh, I think I'll make it. Okay, all right. Why are the DFW pack, Packadors, Picadors, uh, Kyle included, refusing to have a Texas Tech TCU watch party? I didn't know we were refusing to have a watch party. All right. TCU watch party this weekend with Kyle. Uh, No, I won't be in Fort Worth this weekend. So you are refusing? No, I'm just not going to do it. You're going to be in Lubbock? Yeah. Oh. 
Let me uh, scroll here. This is where we got into some things that uh, you have to join the Discord to talk about. Brocco's Country. Maddie wants to come on the show anytime. No. no? No. I thought he could. Nope. Okay. You don't Absolutely. Just you don't want any of the picket doors on the show or Oh, I didn't say that. Just you, Maddie. You said Maddie. Just just Mateo? Uh not just Mateo, but that's the one you brought up. Uh power rank the picadors you would not want on the program and then give me one that you would want on the program. Um four that I would not want is Jonesy, Root, Maddie, and Big Hen. I think anybody else could probably come on. Okay. Okay. Shots fired at Jonesy. That was I didn't return fire. Okay. Um, Is that okay? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah, I asked you. Yeah. No, no, this is always how it goes. What? How what goes? I'm a a good guy, I'm a nice guy. As soon as I return fire, oh Kyle's being real mean and aggressive. No. I didn't say that. If y'all if y'all want to take shots, then I'll return fire. Um, we did talk about having Chase on to talk, uh, track and field. Chase is definitely welcome on, even though he might've been subtweeting me all basketball season. That's okay. Uh, which series, <laughs> I didn't notice that the other day. <laughs> uh, which series would you recommend for a Lubbock trip? Oklahoma state TCU or Oklahoma? I'm assuming these are baseball. Probably TCU at this juncture. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the big 12. I think OU is going to underwhelm a little bit relative to expectations. If I'll start bench cutting those three, I would start TCU bench Oklahoma State cut Oklahoma. Same. Um. All right. That's it. We're going to talk baseball at all. Yeah, Texas State number twenty-four in the country host Western Illinois. Oh, I have a question for you. It's a trivia question that I do not know the answer to. Is Illinois the only state... Is Illinois the only state that has all four corners represented by directional schools? They have Northern Illinois, Southern Illinois, Eastern Illinois, and Western Illinois. Is there another state that has all four corners? Texas. Texas has North Texas. They have a Southern Texas University. We have Texas Southern, West Texas A&M, Texas and East Texas Southern. Baptist. Okay. It's not quite the same, but yes. Sure. Um, Florida has South Florida, Central Florida, North Florida. Michigan has Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, and Central, Central, Michigan. Central Michigan. Do they have a North or South? Which Florida is probably too narrow to have an East or a West. East Carolina, um, North Carolina. Those are South states, Carolina. Though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it's not South West, South Carolina. <laughs> Virginia and West Virginia. Yeah. I know. I know. Arizona has Northern Arizona. Yeah. Do they have? I think Eastern that's it. Or I think that's the only three public schools they have there, which is crazy. Wow. For a state that size. Wow. Wow. Um. Owen Wilson. Kentucky has every direction but south. There's no southern Kentucky? 
That's a good one. Western Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky. Who's the, Oh, yeah, Northern Kentucky, the Norse. We played that, them. Uh, you played them in the tournament. Yeah, I would not have pulled that. Anyways, that was the only time I have heard of Northern Kentucky. Yeah. And I haven't heard of them since then. I think Illinois is one of, if not the only state that has truly four directional schools. Louisiana, I feel like, might. But they have like Northwestern Louisiana and Southern Louisiana and... Southeast. Yeah. I think Southeastern they Louisiana. They just have some strange ones. Yeah. Anyways, I thought that was uh, an interesting tidbit because I hadn't heard of Western Illinois until uh, they were on the baseball schedule. Isn't that where Tony Romo went to school? No, Tony Romo went to Eastern Illinois. Gotcha. And there's another NFL quarterback that went to Eastern Illinois. Garoppolo? Jimmy G. Quarterback U. Quarterback U. That's right. Uh, this is the Brooks Wallace Memorial Classic. Uh, the series will be played in the honor of former Red Raider player coach Brooks Wallace, who dry, <laughs> tried, died tragically at the age of 27. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no a, uh, an award named after him, the best shortstop in college baseball. Uh, the starters for the weekend have been announced. Brendan Gurton, Tabor Fast, Mason Molina, and Blo- Bo Blessy. I cannot read. Um. Anyways, those oh, four starters, in- and then <laughs> yes, I find that interesting that there's already movement in the rotation. Yeah, I think that was planned, though. I think I think they wanted to get six or seven early in the season. Tabor fast pitched well this weekend. Uh, Brendan Gurton obviously basically had a start in relief. Yeah, I think six they had- innings. I think they had planned to pitch him in the first game anyways, but. I'll say um, the first series, of course, small sample size, but Molina and Blessy looked really good. Yeah. Molina looked really good at the end of last season, so that was no surprise. Keith Patrick warned us about Bo Blessy. Um, so you're, and, and that's like, you know, if you don't count Gurton as a starter, which he is starting this week. But you got two out of three that look really solid. Yeah, if you can find a third, we can start and have like three absolute dudes. That's sort of been how you've had success over the last decade or so. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you were trotting out guys that were all really good. Um, that's before we even get to this lineup, which I do want to get to in a minute. But, you know, I, I think it's a numbers game. At least one or two of guys like Parrish, um, Roberson, uh, or Robinson, excuse Robinson, me. Robinson, yeah. Um, Parrish, Robinson, Gurton, you know, w- one or two of these guys are going right. to pan out. And yeah. It would be an absolute luxury if you had a fourth dude that was just as good as your weekend starters on the midweek, one that helps you win some midweek games, but more importantly in the postseason when maybe you need a fourth game in a regional or in Omaha, uh, that goes a long way. So I'm excited to see how the pitching rotation shakes out. Early returns makes it look like you already have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday in – Gurton, Molina, Blessy, respectively. Uh, but you may have even more options than that that you can work through. So I thought it was a really good series out of the gate. Yeah, against, a, I thought, a good team that was competitive, but you just looked really good. 
And a lot Dude. of times early in the season, Texas Tech just looks flat out better because the other team looks so bad. But I thought Gonzaga looked really good and hit really well, and you just outpitched and outhit them all weekend. Yeah, and, and they're a good team, good program. They made the NCAA tournament last year. Um, I, their RPI sucks right now because they're 0-4, but I think they were preseason picked to win the West Coast Conference, which I'm not saying that's like a loaded conference or anything, but for a mid-major, I think that'll wind up being a good RPI series for you once uh, they get some wins under their belt. I was worried, dude. You know, I was like on my couch ready for baseball season. Like, all right, let's go. First pitch, that guy triples off the wall. I was like, well, crap. Yeah. Um, so they had some guys. Their leadoff hitter, um, Apodaca, was really good all weekend. Yep. Um, they had other guys that gave you fits. So I, I don't think that was a bad team that you just swept in four games. Uh-huh. I think they're solid. So uh, um, to me, it felt like three and one would have been like about what you expect. That'd be good, but nothing to write home about. Two and two would have been disappointing, and four and zero, oh, which is what you did. I'm I'm really happy about. Yeah, and the hope is that they are legit and are going to have the season they had last year, and will be in the NCAA tournament and provide you with RPI depth that you did not have from the non-con last year. Yeah. Kyle, are you staying at Holiday Inn Express? I am. Big hen, man, what a pull! He recognized the headboard from a Holiday Inn Express. That is impressive. Yeah. That is oh, this is IHG on it, but, but it's I'm uh, at a Holiday Inn. yeah, Holiday Inn Express is an IGH hotel. Yeah, yeah I'm staying at a Holiday Inn Express week. next weekend. That's funny. Um, I'll be in Houston, Texas. A couple other notes on the baseball recap. Yeah, I think you had was it eleven errors on the weekend. Uh, yeah, and six on the final day. Now, three of those were catch interferences from the same batter. I think he just yeah, had a hitch that, in his swing. That sucks. But still, you had some middle infield issues, and I think a lot of that's just going to happen through the first month with rotating middle infielders, one, and two, freshmen playing you know, high-level collegiate baseball for the first time. On the third time that the same batter gets a catcher's interference, yeah. can you ask the um be like, hey. Yeah, there has to be something in the swing. So anyway. So, There's yeah, two different catchers. Not... What? There's two different catchers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, I think that total number of errors, because those catchers' interference do count as an error. I think that's a little bit inflated. And I saw some good signs defensively. You made some good plays in the outfield on some pretty well-hit balls, and you turn two a lot more frequent, frequently than I remember you doing it last season, which is a good sign. So I'm not like totally out on the defense or anything yet. They certainly have to clean it up, but I saw some positive signs too. Uh, ben DiNucci driving with Seattle. XFL, what? Ben DiNucci. Who cares? You don't like the XFL? No. Um, who else was big for you this weekend? You, you're looking at the lineup. Uh, obviously you just talked about it a little bit, but offensively, uh, Bazell, Harrelson, Gavin Cash, Nolan Hester, um, deep and wide is this offensive power, I think. And I, I would say you have about 12, 13 quality big 12 bats that you're going to have to figure out. Now, Rob, set aside what we saw on this four-game sample size Uh and go back in time a week 
if I told you that the two best bats on this team are Hudson White and Owen Washburn, you could maybe nitpick that statement and maybe make a case for somebody else. But generally, I think yes, we, we could accept that. Yeah, for sure. They, for sure with Hudson they, White. They went a combined two for 21. So you got, I'm not going to say nothing from them, but pretty close to nothing from them. Right. So imagine when those two guys are back to what we saw at the end of last season, what we know they can be in the Big 12. You, you could have like a absolutely legit one through nine. Yeah. And so that's, that's exciting is what could the numbers look like if everybody else can maintain, which like I think Gavin Cash is hitting like 667 right now. That's not going to continue. But if you get that from him, Harrelson, um, Ty Coleman had a great weekend. Once Washburn and White come around, you're just going to be stacked top to bottom. Yeah, and you could argue um, you're already in the stacked territory with six good bats. Um, you look back when you go to Omaha, it really is one through seven, one through eight, one through nine uh, that is productive, at least at least seven or eight. And on the in the Big 12, you really have to have that. Uh, with... well, and to your point about the depth, um, Zach Vuletic, your favorite player, uh, has not been a staple in the starting lineup this season. Right. That they stuck him in in a huge spot in the ninth inning, uh, game four against Gonzaga, and all he does is like lead off double and gets you going that inning so that you can win the game. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that he might not be one of your nine or ten best hitters, but yet he can still do that in a clutch spot, super encouraging to me. Because because last year, um. You, you just didn't have that depth throughout the line. There was like there were certain spots where you had to line you're like, okay, yeah. this inning might be about to come to a close, and I don't feel that way about this team. I, I do want to say one. I feel like we're overplaying the Vuletic is my favorite player bit a little bit. I, I think that. I think I've only mentioned that twice, but point taken. People clearly don't like my bits or content, so I'll I'll stop. No, people love your bits. That's the problem. <clears throat> um, no, they hate it. They've made that very clear. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, uh, Western Illinois is a program that plays baseball. They did not look good the first weekend. Texas Tech looked very good. I would assume, and you know what happens when you assume, if all four of these games get played, Texas Tech should win another four. Over under three and a half wins this weekend. <laughs> I would say over. I think so too. I think this is one of those that- – yeah, bad loss if you lose. Yes, maybe not the same as like Merrimack, but like UConn level a couple of years ago. Now UConn has been very good since they played here, but they were not very good that year. Yeah, especially right. if this depth, both pitching and at the plate, is what we think it is. Yes, this the kind of team where okay, if one guy's struggling, you make a change mid game. You should be you should be able to just like totally out talent on these guys. And it's at your home ballpark. Like yeah. that's not if you're playing a bad team at one of these neutral side tournaments, okay, but like you should win all four of these. When do you want to start seeing some consistency one through nine position wise? Besides catcher, because I think you're gonna play multiple catchers every year. I, I would like this. Um when you go to Houston, I think I would like you to stick with 
a lineup for that weekend. And you don't have to be locked into that lineup after Houston, but I would want to see guys in the same spot, um, you know, same place on the field, same place in the batting order, three games in a row against high-level competition, see how it goes. And if you want to make another change, you have more non-conference games in between then and Big 12 play. So I don't want to just constantly tinker and then have your first draft, your first iteration of what you think the final lineup is going to be when you start Big 12 play. I'd like to you know, have time to edit the first draft, as it were, and so I would kind of like to use that weekend as a test run because that's Big 12-level competition. It's at a neutral side. I think you can learn a lot. So I would pick your first nine guys, your three starting pitchers, and say, y'all are in this spot on the depth chart right now. That could change after this weekend. Do you have something to prove? And see how that goes would be how I'd approach it. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this, but the doubleheader moving from two on Saturday to two on Friday. Oh, it's still a four-game series, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but the doubleheader is just on Friday instead of Saturday. Gotcha. So Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's four. Yeah. Well, I thought I might have seen something about a Thursday, but I guess today's Thursday. Today is Thursday. Long week. I played Wednesday bumpers for the first hour of today's show. <laughs> before I caught up. Uh, we did an '80s versus '90s music question today on the Raiderland. Oh, 90s. Easily. Some guy was defrauding uh, the band Fastball and I just thought that was uncalled for. The Way is one of my favorite songs. I'll be honest with you, partner. I don't know what Fastball or The Way is. Well, Fastball's the band. The Way is the song. Yeah, I put that together, but I don't know yeah. what those things are. Uh, without ever knowing the way. Do it in a Christopher Walken voice. I can't. I can only say, uh, stand him in the neck with a soldering iron. That is a terrible Christopher Walken. I used to do Christopher Walken, but I just cannot find the voice. I can't find it today. Um, I want to say two things, Kyle. These are my final thoughts, and I'll allow you to give your final thoughts. Uh, you're wrong about the XFL. Uh, the XFL has three things that the NFL should do immediately. One, fix the kickoffs. The XFL does kickoffs where everyone's in a line like this. And they kick the ball off from back here and they catch it back here, but everyone's in the middle of the field right together. Eliminates the injuries. That's what the, the NFL has tried to figure out forever. Do that. A. Two, the three-point conversion. You allow yourself to go back a little further and get a three-point conversion, better than a two-point conversion. And then C. D. Uh, D. No, I just I did one, two, three. I, actually I know did. that's the reference, though, in Home Alone. Oh, I got you. D. Mike says one, B, and four, or A, two, and D, yeah. I think. And then D, um, in, in the fourth quarter – you can convert a 4th and 15 as the onside kick. Um, I'm fine with potential rule changes, but the market will speak for itself that the NFL doesn't have to do anything the XFL is doing, and well, it will have 100 times the viewers. Well, yeah, but um, when the NFL saw what the USFL was doing and being successful with, they stole it. 
uh, i.e. the two-point conversion. I think there are things that the XFL does that I think could improve the NFL product. I don't think we have to start up these spring football leagues to get the NFL to change their rules. We've had the USFL, we've had the XFL three times now. We had the AF, and this is... Don't we have the USFL again? Yeah. We're on like our seventh iteration of the alternate NFL, and they all pale in comparison. Yeah, but it's already happening, and I like these rules is all I'm saying. I want the old XFL back. Obviously, the old XFL. I want He Hate Me, Yeah, and I want... I would watch that. I'm not watching the NFL it's, light, though. That's instead stupid. of the kickoff, they would uh, run for the ball. And some guy yeah, like, a, tore his ACL doing it. A guy broke his collarbone on the very first one. Oh, that's it was what like it was. like the XFL's big debut. They're like, watch what we're going to do instead of the coin toss. And the guy broke his collarbone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Put some damn respect on Tommy Maddox. Do I still have a pulse? Let's play football. Is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Who did Tommy Maddox play for in the Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl. Um, and who did he lose to? Do you want the year? That's a good question. Yeah, give me the year. 1995 season. 1996 Super Bowl. Falcons? Da-da. No, they were 96, 97, or 97, 98, maybe. I think so. I was young, man, but they also had, uh, what was his name? Something Chandler was their quarterback. The Falcons? When they went yeah. to the Super Bowl? I think so. Michael Vick? No, he didn't go to the Super Bowl. I'm talking about like late 90s. It was Chris Chandler? Chan- maybe. That's what Big Hen says. I'd, I'd trust Big Hen. I thought Michael Vick went to the Super Bowl. He knows birds. No, he lost in an NFC Championship to the Eagles. But I don't... Oh, I think that was right. the only time he made the NFC Championship, even. Maybe so. Um, XFL. You know, that was... Uh, Tom, Tommy Maddox first. Jeff Brom. Yeah. I, I don't know the answer to your Maddox the Pittsburgh question. Steelers. That's what I was going to guess. Against the Cowboys. Do you want to guess the Super Bowl MVP for that? No chance. Emmett Smith. Larry Brown. Wow. I'd let you give some Viking Super Bowl trivia, but I don't think they have any. Oh, they do have some Super Bowl trivia. Good ones. They've never made the Super Bowl. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings have the seventh best all-time win percentage. Of any team in the NFL, 32 teams. They're in the top quartile, basically the top 20% of the entire league. Yeah. All six teams ahead of them in winning percentage have multiple Super Bowls, and the Vikings are the only team in the top 10 that doesn't have at least one. Love y'all.